Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and as always, the irrepressible former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison. So, Jofra Archer's injury worries continue as he's returned to England after playing just five games in the IPL. Ash's participation is now an obvious concern. Warwickshire bowler Chris Rushworth joins us to look back at a rain-affected round five of the county championship with his 10-wicket haul sending his side joint top of Division 1. And we'll speak live to Northamptonshire captain Sam Whiteman after his match-saving century helped them draw with Somerset at Taunton. And we'll round up the week's other big stories as Catherine Siverbrunt retires from international cricket and Ireland named their squad to face England at Lords next month. So plenty to come over the next hour. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Army, start on a... A sad note, um, hopefully it's not too sad, but Joffre Archer, I just wonder whether he's ever going to fully recover from that elbow injury. I mean, it's a pretty important part of your machinery as a fast bowler, isn't it, the elbow? It is, yeah, man, as it's it's a huge part of it. Um, and it's whether he can play, play through it. Had in, in elbow soreness. I, don't, I wouldn't say I've had elbow injuries. I would say elbow soreness that comes and goes from time to time and once you start bowling again it tends to wear off after a while but this obviously is is much more serious than that uh, let's wait and see on Jofra. I, I really I, I, let's wait and see because I think there's a plan here now and I hope I really hope for the boy more than anything else I really hope for Jofra himself that it, it's all done as sort of prevention it's all in the the sort of the plan to get him fit for June 16 or you know, the Island Test match the week before. Um, there's a lot of talk and there was a lot of nonsense written when he came and he got to Belgium, I think, to see a specialist. And look, that was probably a planned thing. So there's always, unfortunately for Joffre, there's always going to be headlines around if he misses a game, if he comes back early, if he goes to Belgium for a for a 
to see a specialist. For me, I'd just I'd be cautious and just watch this space. I think England have got a plan with him. I think they'll try and get him to play in that first the, the first test of the summer against Ireland. I don't expect him to play in the first test match against Australia. I expect Mark Wood to play in that test match alongside Anderson plus either Robinson or or, or Broad in that contest. And I, I think England, if they've got anything, if if, you know, if they want my opinion, I'd get him ready for Lords and see if I could get him firing. Because look, when he's been bowling, he's bowling five IPL games. He's bowled his overs. He's got around in the field. He looks as though he's he's letting it letting it go at a good lick. He's bowling ninety four mile an hour. So I, I just think there's always a headline, unfortunately for Joffrey, but. I think watch the space. I don't think everything's as as negative as it is, and I think everything that's been in place, uh, that's happened, is possibly planned uh, with a view that to try and get him like a prime racehorse, get him ready for June sixteen. Okay, um, Chris Jordan, his great mate, replaces him in the Mumbai Indian squad. Uh, let's just touch very briefly on the Warwickshire Hampshire. Uh, game Warwickshire the only team to win in this round of uh, championship games and by an innings and 84 runs as well and your old mate Chris Rushworth what an astonishing second innings in particular seven for 38 for a match all of 10 for 76 Bears looked very good just as they looked rather poor against uh, Surrey they did they looked they did look as though they were they were a little bit short against Surrey but yeah good on Rushy it's always a it's always a challenge when you leave a county and go to a new county especially the success he had at Durham and everything that went with it um so to pick up a 10 wicket hole 7 for 38 in a match winning second innings early, especially early in the season and early at a new club is is great to hit the ground running like that so pleased for Chris uh, Chris Wokes as well you know, a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks that he hasn't got the wickets but I think George DeBell mentioned on the county cricketer the other week that he didn't get any wickets, but he's bowled beautifully. Um, he, he gets six in a match, so good for him. James Vince just got left high and dry, didn't he, in the first innings and got blown away in the second innings. But same old you know, conversation we have. Warwickshire get 410. Sam Hain gets a, a decent score. Good to see Bernard. Ed Bernard come and move from, making the move, and he gets a... A score under his belt early on in his in his Warwickshire career and, and and Burgess again, Michael Burgess, who once again at the start of last season um started off well. So, you know, three three scores of 90, 80 and ninety, which got Warwickshire in a position to uh, to win by an innings, which is a fantastic result against one of the, the title contenders, Hampshire. Sam Hayne scores a lot of runs for an invisible man. He does, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he does. Okay. He, he needs to um, go and have a word with. He needs to go and have a word with uh, James Hildreth and ask him his advice on how to forge a county cricket career when everybody's talking about you playing for England, and the only people that are not looking at you are the selectors. <laughs> <laughs> Sussex against Worcestershire. All eyes were on Steve Smith and Chiteshwar Pajara, who of course will be playing against each other in the final of the World Test Championship. But um, it was Pajara who came out on top once again. He's got 468 runs at 78 now, and he's just a 100 machine. But um, how about Ollie Robinson? Blimey, 14 for 117. He's obviously in a bit of nick. He's in a good. He's in good form just at the right time. Talking about getting the racehorse ready for for the big race, and Ollie Robinson looks as though. And you watch the wickets as well. There were there were proper wickets. There were test match wickets. I would say Manners were test match areas. He was he was bowling balls in and around the top, top of off stump. 
guys were playing and missed, playing and missed, nicking it down to third man. Better players would have nicked them ones that he played and missed. So, and the ones that he did manage to get them to nick, he just had to go that little bit straighter, which shows that he's in full control of what he's trying to do. I thought he's, he's wickets and the spell of bowling. Especially in the first innings, I thought he was very, very... I thought I'd, I'd seen more of the first innings than I did the second innings, but I thought that's great signs for, for England because he's going to be huge and Steve Smith's getting a, a close-up look at Ollie Robinson um, and I'm sure Stan at Slip he'll be very, very impressed. Mind you, I would say Steve Smith got a shocker. We talk, oh. <laughs> we talk about... We talk about... And we did, didn't we? We told oh, Steve Smith's going to sign, he's going to get six innings before and we, we said... Look, he's not going to get six innings because his team might win by an innings. They might get rained off. He might get a bad decision. Well, two out of three of well, three, three out of three came there. They did get a bit of rain. He only batted once in the in the contest. And uh, I think if, if if DRS was in the game in the county cricket level, I think Mr. Smith might have carried on from thirty not out. <laughs> I was watching that actually, just coincidentally. Josh Tung, LBW, Steve Smith on thirty, and I just my instant thought was. Hissy fit loading, but he managed to control himself. <laughs> he did. He just had a little bit of a look and a little bit of a swish of the head, and the bat turned. And uh, it was, I, I, it was, a, I thought it was a poor decision. I thought it hit him high, and I don't even think it was going to hit close to leg stump. So, but that's what you get, Steve. Unfortunately, coming over to England, you know, we go over to Australia, and the baggage handlers give it to us the minute we get into the. You know, the arrivals area when we get to Sydney Airport or Perth Airport. Unfortunately, well, first game against Sussex, you're copping it off the umpires as well. So, yeah, good luck with your next game. <laughs> Can you believe that people actually turned up to watch Steve Smith's first net yes. at Hove? Yeah. And um, apparently, um, Ollie Robinson bowled him third ball. He did, yes. I heard that story as well, which is which is all great. And it's these are the things that... I love about what Steve Smith's coming across here for. You know, we'll talk about Marnus Labuschagne in a bit because he obviously got a big score. But Marnus Labuschagne's been brilliant for English county cricket. He really has. No, forget the Ashes here. He comes over. He's a proper professional. He cares about what he's doing. Cares about the people he's playing with. Um, and Steve Smith seemed as though he's doing that. And yes, there's a PR exercise when you've seen him in the nets and stuff like that. But. I think there's a lot of good comes out of Smith. I think there's more good of for English cricket coming out of Steve Smith being here for Sussex than there is of Steve Smith getting a net before, you know, because obviously that's going to be a, a, an issue because the Aussies aren't going to play any county cricket before that. But as an ambassador, he's one of the best in the world when it comes to on performance. Yes, he had a, an issue in, in, in South Africa, but I'm not sure he was as guilty as one or two others in that party. But... Look, for me, I think there's more good than Steve Smith being here than there is negative in being here. And it's just shown that over the course of this last week, I think it looked as though he was enjoying his time on the South Coast, which is which is a good thing as well. Actually, before we carry on, man, as I've seen it, seen an interesting, it was an interesting tweet while, I can't remember where, where, what, who it was from, but it was, picture of Pajara and Smith sort of punching gloves and the picture next to it was Sachin Tendulkar and it was who's got the most runs which I thought was it was I thought you had to have a double take there I was trying to think whether it's Smith and I think the the question was in most international runs and it was I think the question was Smith and Pajara together over Sachin and it just shows you how what a great career Sachin had 
Because I think he was Pretty. the one that had more. <laughs> yeah, only just. Only just, but he did. OK, well, let's move on to the game that uh, Labashain was involved in, Yorkshire drawing with Glamorgan. Yorkshire needed 490, and they finished at 412 for nine. Fabulous innings from Labashain in the second in 170 not out, 65 in the first innings. He's looking in a bit of nick, but... Problems for it was a solid performance from Glamorgan, wasn't it? Michael Nisa taking a hat trick and uh, and seven for thirty two in the first innings, uh, but I guess most people who turned up to the game in the press box anyway were there to see Johnny Bairstow and, and his return to first team cricket. Norton twenty not out. He looked pretty good on his feet with the gloves, though. Yeah, he did. He looked very good on his feet with the gloves. Uh, very agile. The limp's not there. We did say that when the <laughs> limp was there, it was there to be. It was there for the crowd and not for anything else. I'm not fit yet, lads, but I'm coming. I'm coming. And now he's fit, so the limp's gone. He's agile. Took some good catches behind the stumps. Um, his movements were very, very, very good as well. I just wonder. I really do. I, I've not spoke to Goffey, so I don't need. Don't know this. Or Gibbo, but I just wonder if he got high and dry, didn't he? 20 not out, 106 all out, Johnny's high and dry, batting at number six. And I just wonder if Johnny's gone in, talking about the hissy fits. And Johnny's very good at them, to be honest, whether Johnny's gone in and gone, nah, I'm batting at three now, I'm not getting that done to me again. And six balls later, he's gone. And, and sometimes these things backfire on you. And I just wonder if Johnny's gone in at number three because obviously he was he was 20 not out and he ran out of partners. And this is what Johnny's like. He'd be wanting to show that he he wants to perform. He wants to score runs. He wants to be the one that leads by example. We've seen that last year when he played in the the test matches, that the reason why England got off to this great start in the basball area was largely down to Johnny Bester, and that's why he's got to come back into the team. And I just wonder if this time the enthusiasm and the the, the sort of Yorkshireness of 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 Johnny putting his chest out just backfired on him a little bit going in at number three when he, he probably didn't need to but I, I don't know that for a fact but I'd be interested to see but great to see Lithy in the runs again fantastic to see Lithy in the runs again um, and George Hill another one I seen him at close quarters when I was there for three months at the start of last season and this boy's got all round talent he really has he got three wickets with a ball got you know and, and he got 60 second innings in a rear guard effort to try and to try and well win the game but I think the whole game was all about Marnus Labashen, who looks, unfortunately for England fans, hopefully he's used them up, but he looks in very, very good order. His balance at the crease, his ability to hit both sides of the wicket um, against a half-decent um, Yorkshire attack as well. Um, he does look an ominous form for the Ashes. Well, you and I both thought that uh, Yorkshire and Durham would be strong contenders for promotion, and they're at the opposite ends of Division 2 at the moment. Durham mm. are top. Yorkshire need to be patient and not panic. Uh, they haven't won a game, and uh, they're at the wrong end of uh, of Division 2. They've got to remind themselves, I guess, that uh, they're a good team. Don't panic. Wait for some better weather to come along, and things will click. Absolutely, and they will click for Yorkshire. Yorkshire have got a, uh, you've got a fine side. They have got a fine side, and you know, they probably would have they thought that a chance of having Root back as well but he's, he's just getting into the IPL, so I would imagine Joe will stay over there. But Yorkshire have got a, a good side, and over the course of the the season, I would imagine Yorkshire will will be up in and around that sort of top two, top three spots. My only concern is that if they do get there with what's hanging over them, whether they get a heavy fine, the penalty of relegation, because I still think, and Yorkshire fans will not like me for saying this but I still think there's a there's a, there's a massive 
penalty to come to, towards Yorkshire and it would not surprise me if they can't get promoted this year and possibly can't get promoted next year because when I look at the Durham punishment and it was severe and the ECB have come out and said it was severe they got relegated and then they got points docked the following season the following season which made it difficult for them to go up so if they if they are in and around the top that's just another sort of kick in the backside that they, they probably don't need you're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And a reminder, you can hear our brand new show, Road to the Ashes, every Friday morning here on TalkSport 2, as Harmy and former Australian World Cup winner Simon O'Donnell build up to the start of the Ashes next month. Right, man of the moment, man of round five of the championship, Chris Rushworth joins us now. A match haul of 10 for 76, 7 for 38. In the second innings, as Hampshire were dismantled for uh, for ninety seven all out. Rushi Harmy once told me that once or twice in his career, he ran in believing he could take a wicket with every ball. He just had it on a piece of string, and was that one of the moments? Was this one of those moments for you? A hundred percent. I think, like Harmy says, as a bowler, you know when things are going well. That you just feel like it comes out the hand perfect. Everything you try just seems to work. I'll be honest, it's been a while since I bowled a spell like that, so it kind of felt like I rolled back the ears a little bit. Um, but it was just one of those days where, you know, it, it came out um, exactly how I wanted it to and, and the lads behind the stumps caught them. And, Rushi, how is important is it that you go to a new club and I'm be ca- not going to be cruel here to say that you're at the, the sort of latter part of your career, not the early part of your career, that you you go there and you hit the ground running because you made a big, bold move to, to move from, from Durham to Warwickshire, first division club, another test playing ground, and to hit the ground running was not only important, but the way you've done it with some emphatic style as well. No, 100%. Um, like you say, it was a big decision. For me, it was it was about showing people that I can still do it in Division 1 as well. You know, like I say, to start the way I have um, and to be taking wickets in, in part of what I believe is one of the greatest attacks I've played in. You know, and I've been fortunate enough to play with some good attacks up with Durham, but the last few weeks, the attack down here has been unbelievable. So I guess to kind of be playing a leading role in this attack and, and taking wickets, like you say, this stage of my career... You know, it's it's amazing, and I'm just over the moon to get that kind of that first five wicket bag in. The way you bowled, I don't want to give anybody else any credit whatsoever. For <laughs> you've taken ten for seventy six. It wasn't like, uh, uh, well, I wanted to ask you what it was like having Chris Wokes at the other end. He's obviously said that he wants to be a contender for the Ashes and first tested Edgebaston and whatever. But um, how how well was he bowling? Uh, amazing like I say I've, I've played against him a couple of times um, but to actually be stood at mid on watching him um, you actually see how how good he really is he just obviously shapes the ball beautifully um, he gets a lot of bounce on, on wickets that don't really offer a lot so I fully believe you know in a few weeks time when they, when they pick that side his name's got to be in the mix and the batting Warwickshire some people said that uh, they it might it might be the top order that uh, that would see them not challenge for the title. Uh, but my goodness, um, you know, there's uh, Michael Burgess and uh, and Sam Hain. Harmy and I nicknamed him the Invisible Man because he nobody at England level seems able able to see him. The, you know, it's a young batting lineup, and Warwickshire have decided to back him. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, it was one of the things I was I chatted about when I spoke to Warwickshire before I signed in terms of what they're going to do with the lineup and if they're going to sign anyone, things like that. And, you know, the, the coach said exactly that. They've got a couple of young guys who they want to back. 
Um, and you've got Sam Hain at four, who, again, until you actually play with him and, and see him live week in, week out, you don't fully realise how good he is. Um, and then you've got the young lads kind of batting around him, which is good. Um, and I think we're in a good place. You know, the, the feel around the group is, is all very positive. Um, everyone's attitude. All we talk about is how we're going to win a game of cricket. And it's just it's a great club to be part of at the minute. Like I say, when you're playing well, you've got some good players um, in and amongst with some younger guys. Not the brightest, not the brightest sparks in the, uh, in the club. <laughs> Um, but you know it, it's just a, it's just a great feel it's a, it's a good mix of I guess youth and experience In Russia you've been through yeah, it all when it comes to the sort of the county level you've won championship at Durham you've been involved in the sort of the uh, the limited overs finals both 50 over and, and T20 you've come to a, a new club and a new environment the new club has just been promoted What's the ambitions for, for Warwickshire this year? Because I mean, a lot of times, the new club comes up, you think, right, can we sustain, can we hold? You're sitting second in the in the championship at this minute in time, and you've just blown away, arguably, one of the title title contenders. I think, you know, we put ourselves in that group of four at the top. I think we believe there'll be a kind of a group of four at the top who'll, who'll compete, and then a mini group in the middle, and then a little group towards the bottom. Um, and we fully believe that we're good enough, you know, to, to contend for the championship. Um, and, and that's the aims at the minute. Obviously, it's all 40 cricket at the minute. Um, and all we talk about is winning the next game and, you know, getting points on the board and, and being at the top. I wanted to ask you about your, your dad. Um, he used to come and watch every single game um, when you were at Durham. And I, I'm curious as to know whether he's travelling down the motorway to Edgebaston every every second week. But um, you can answer that. But I, I know that what you really want to talk about is Sunderland. Unfortunately, uh, Joe's not made the trip yet. Um, with Edgebaston not being, it's not a dog-friendly stadium, uh, which <laughs> I'm, I'm working on, so he, he won't come down without the dog. So he, he, he sat at home and he's got the Durham stream on one TV and he's got the Warwickshire stream on the other. Um, so he has been watching and he still sends all his messages and stuff. So it'd be nice to, to get a game when he can come down. And what about uh, Durham? What about Durham, Rushy? Yeah, well, a little bit of go at Sunderland in a second. But what what about Durham? Because they're on the up as well. It's been a it's been a tough few years for the club that we both love, and look as though you know, Ryan Campbell is he looks as though he's just you know freeing them up. Whether that that Stokes influence on the the sort of national team is is rubbing off further down. They've got a bowling attack which can get. 20 wickets and they now seem to have a, a batting unit that can can put runs on the board as well No definitely you know it's great to see them at the top obviously they're doing well playing some good cricket but you know you were there for the, the Hall of Fame dinner um, and it's the first time I'd seen the lads for a while just before the season started and it just seemed to have a completely different feel around them mm. everyone seemed relaxed having fun enjoying themselves um, and you look at the way they've gone out and started the season and they've expressed themselves in, in just that way so I had a good chat with Scott yesterday morning and, you know, he's loving cricket and they're all doing well. So it's bloody good to watch. Um, it's a proper bowling line up there as well, to be fair, when you've got Carson Potts um, steaming in. So now, look, I, I do keep an eye on the scores and I, I bloody love seeing them do well. And another love, and you've just mentioned there, Scotty, I'm sure you weren't talking about Durham Cricket Club or you you weren't talking about Warwickshire Cricket Club. You're talking about <clears throat> about the Sunderland Black Cats. They are they're on the verge of potentially going to Wembley. It's great to see. I know we're, we're a cricket show, but we all love our football as well. Um, how good would it be to get one of, and hopefully from your point of view, Sunderland, back in the Premier League, one of Sunderland and Middlesbrough? Oh, it would be massive. Uh, you know, we... we joking just before we started um, 
all all three clubs are going to be down there on the, on that weekend. I think it's just great for Northeast sport in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, football's very passionate. Um, obviously, Newcastle are flying this year, so to get it to get in the Premier League and, and play against them again. Can't remember the last time we had a derby, but it's it's exciting. It's just nice to see. You know, it looks like Sunderland are freed up. They they played nice football. Good to watch a young side. Um, no one ever expected to be in this position. So. No, it's good. Good fun. Hopefully, I'll be there in a few weeks. <laughs> and finally, Rushy, some people are 36 years old and some people are 36 years young. I think you're in the latter category. Um, certainly, you know, just watching you you bowl, are, are you still feeling at the peak of your fitness and uh, at the peak of your game or are, you, or are you feeling the stiffness a bit more in the mornings these days? Um, I think I've been feeling the stiffness for about five years, to be honest. <laughs> now, look, at everything's feeling good. I think the, the moves probably freshened me up. It, it kind of got me a new hunger for the game. Um, I'm absolutely loving playing cricket at the minute. Um, I'm loving being part of this squad and, you know, taking wickets makes things that little bit sweeter. So now I'm absolutely loving it, feeling good. Um, and hopefully there's still plenty left in the tank. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. We'll be watching it closely and well bowled. Fantastic performance. That's uh, Warwickshire Bears bowler Chris Rushworth after his match-winning performance of 10 for 76. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and two-time county championship winner Steve Harmison. More championship reflection in part three, and we'll speak to Northamptonshire captain Sam Whiteman after his match-saving century helped them draw with Somerset. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can always download the podcast from the following on feed. 
Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Right, I'm delighted to say, as promised at the top of the show, we're joined live by Northamptonshire captain Sam Whiteman, who made 130 not out to help uh, Northampton draw with Somerset. Now then, it's um, not the fashionable thing to be drawing cricket matches with uh, Baz Ball, but I have to say, there must still be a deep intrinsic satisfaction after, after a, a good old-fashioned hard-fought draw, Sam. Yeah, oh, look, it certainly wasn't the plan to head down, and, and that wasn't plan A, that's for sure, but... Um... You're right, it is satisfying for a team and as a unit when you can, I guess, hang on and show a bit of fight and a bit of ticker and um, and hang on for a draw. But we certainly were reminded that uh, we were wasting everyone's time batting for a draw and why weren't we setting up a game? And But, yeah, no, it was good good for the team. And how are you finding captain in Northampton? You know, man, me and Manners love Northampton, we really do. Manners describes it better than me and he'll say it in a bit because I, I don't want to pinch his line, but it just seems as though... Everybody just wants to kick Northampton. Everybody wants to have a go at Northampton. And, you know, you just seem to galv- they come together. The lads seem to come together and galvanise that people don't like us as individuals and as and as a team. Um, and we seem to sort of stay in this first division. Yeah, well, I've, uh, captaining was a bit of a shock and it all happened pretty quickly when Luke Proctor went down. But I think he should be back in the next week or two. So hopefully I don't have it for too long. But um, I've really enjoyed my time so far at Northampton everyone's been really welcoming and I guess the thing that's impressed me is yeah you're right there is a there's a deep desire and want to do really well in in division one cricket that's been really impressive and um oh look it's going to be you know it's going to be tough work there's no doubt about that there's some some really strong teams floating around so we're gonna have to play some good cricket but yeah the the one thing that's really impressed me is you know the desire to really prove prove everyone wrong, I guess, and that, you know, we deserve to be in Div 1 cricket and do well. Sam, um, I don't know why I came up with this, but I, I described a couple of years ago Northamptonshire as the Moneyball County, comprising the old, the forgotten, the unfashionable and the unwanted. And I meant it in a very complimentary way. I did, <laughs> honestly. Um, and it just it sort of galvanises everyone together. And I, I don't know which catch category you, you'd fall into there. You're not old. Um, you're not unfashionable. You're very much wanted. Maybe, maybe forgotten because you know. I remember. I mean, you were playing for Australia A eh, ten years ago, and and you were sort of being earmarked for a long international career. Well, it's it's funny how you describe the club. I haven't gotten many references over here because I haven't played for anyone else. But um, it's definitely a smaller club for sure. You look at head coach John Sadler's part-time head coach, part-time director of cricket. But look. Personally, it's just awesome to get an opportunity to play county cricket. Um, you know, particularly being being born over here, it's something I've always wanted to do, and I've had to wait. Yeah, had to wait a fair while. Um, but yeah, incredibly grateful for the opportunity, and um, you know, I've loved loved the last month, and hopefully, I can do it as long as I can. And where's where's the allegiances lie? You say you were born over here, but that is a very very strong Australian accent and an Australian accent. Uh, you played for Australia here, yeah, and you've also. You know, you're going to have one eye on what's coming up because the Ashes is huge. You know, there's no football in this 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 summer, so it's all going to be about cricket. Um, and it's probably the most eagerly awaited Ashes since probably 2005. Yeah. So I know where the allegiance is like. You can see it. I can tell by your voice. But yeah, you know, what do you what do you make of what's going to happen over the course of this summer? Oh, I guess I'm sort of similar to everyone else. I actually just cannot wait to watch it. It's going to be some incredible viewing. 
and even just the the talks in the media the last couple of weeks have started to ramp up as well. Basball was a, a center point. It's just, yeah, it's going to be incredible to watch. I think if England can play the way they have against Australia's bowling attack, then, you know, fair play to them. They deserve to win. But it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be some incredible viewing. I'll, I'll definitely be scrapping around for some, some tickets off a few of the lads and uh, try and get to a few games. You played alongside Cameron Bancroft um, for Western Australia. And um, I wanted to ask you, well, I don't know, about, about him and, uh, and your tips for, for who might shine for Australia. And also Lance Morris. I mean, I, I know he's injured, but he's a very exciting talent, isn't he? Lance definitely is. Um, he's got a huge, bright future in front of him. Um, shame he's got, I think he's got a hot spot or a stress fracture in his back, which ruled him out of this little county stint leading into the into the Ashes, um, which I'm sure he would have probably played a, a, a little role in as well. So he's incredibly exciting. Anyone that can bowl, you know, 150 155 kilometers an hour is uh it, it gets people through the doors and it's you know i've been lucky enough to captain him the last year and it's um it's not rocket science you just chuck him on and chuck a spinner on at the other end and uh and wickets wickets fall pretty quickly so yeah big things for him um cameron bancroft it was funny playing against him actually because i've i've played with him for 10 years so that was strange I think he was a little bit, uh, it's probably a little bit unlucky to miss out on the Ashes selection. Um, he had a prolific year last year in Shield cricket, scoring 900 runs. So, um, yeah, a little bit disappointing for him. But, um, oh, look, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity. I feel that a few of the Aussie openers are, are getting on a little bit and there's going to be some change uh, up the top over the next year or two. So, um, right place, right time. So you were born in Doncaster and you left uh, with your family when you were three years old. So I think it's fair enough that you regard yourself as Australian. I actually wanted to ask you whether you've been back to Doncaster or whether you even knew where it was. Um, but um, actually, yes. In fact, have you been back to Doncaster? Uh, I have, unfortunately. <laughs> no, my... Um... I've still got some family there. My dad lives there, um, grandma and stuff like that. So I have snuck up in between games. You know, I wouldn't be going there unless I was seeing family, let's be honest. But, yeah, no, I have I have snuck back to Doncaster. And from the the, the season's point of view, you know, looking back to, to sort of Northampton, you're challenging, you know, sitting, you know, second bottom at this minute in time, but there's a whole host of teams, only four games gone. There's a whole host of teams in a in a sort of bunch. And is it a little bit like last year and the year before? You know, win our home games and make sure we just beat teams around us. And there, there are some good young players coming through through Northampton. You know, a pal of mine, David Sales's son, he looks as though he's got something to to offer and a and a nice half century to boot in the in the week. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a nice balance within the group of a mix of young and old. Um, from what I've heard about last year was, you know, I think there was more points for a draw last year and you could you could almost bank on, you know, just trying not to lose lose games and and win the odd one. Uh, this year, uh, it seems like you need to win more games and more value in winning. So I guess that's a challenge to the group. You're right, it's going to it's gonna be tough. But I think, yeah, yeah, we beat Middlesex. I think if we can win a, a few other games, uh, it's going to go a long way. So, Sam, um, Harmi and I were quite startled a couple of weeks ago to discover that Peter Hanscom was playing for Leicester on a British passport. Um, I, I guess he's got both, has he? Uh, have you got both? And and if you and if you're only 31, by the way, <laughs> you've been playing a long time. But but if but if you were to to get back into the international scene, which passport would it be under? 
<laughs> Pete must have an English. I think, yeah, I think Pete was born over here or something. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in on an English passport. I think that's the only reason I can stay the whole summer. I think is through my through my British passport. So uh, very grateful for that. Um, international cricket's probably from where I'm at the moment. It's still a fair way off. Um, having said that, as a, a top order bat, you're only a you know one or two good good summers away from um from being um you know being close so i think for me it's just sort of focusing on playing for northampton you know doing my job for the team and and performing there and and doing it back for western australia as well and and you never know what can happen absolutely and uh harmy and i will be following you and your progress and the team's progress very closely for the rest of the summer have a good one sam thanks so much for your time Cheers, guys. Thank you. And finally, Harmy, Nottinghamshire's draw with Lancashire threw up a number of good plots and stories yeah. with uh, Jimmy Anderson bowling to Stuart Broad, who showed they can still bat like a grown-up with three <laughs> not out from 50 balls. No night hawk there. But really uh, terrific um, stuff. Another 33 overs under the belt for Jimmy Anderson. I reckon he's got bowled about 200 overs now in the championship. Yeah, he's, he looks as though he's well-oiled and re- ready to go for for the Ashes. Um, he's thinking it's going to be a, uh, hopefully a flat summer and a long summer for him. So he's getting he's getting prepared. Jimmy looks in good order. Uh, he didn't get the wickets that... Um, he's got in, in previous games but I thought second innings he bowled really nicely the the, the footage the, the stream that I've seen even even Stuart Stuart looked as though he's getting there and he knows he knows what he needs to get to to Warwickshire uh, to, the, to Edgebaston if he's selected in that first test match he's got overs under his belt um, and he proved that at the end he could he could hang in there with a the bat if the if the team needed it and Ollie Stone as well hamstring injury again another injury for for Ollie Stone, you know, just starting to sort of take two steps forward and he's just been knocked back a little bit with a hamstring injury and he he hung on as well. But there was some there were some good performances in this game. Bahannon, fifty in each innings, Hartley at the end Hartley getting fifty eight at the end. just give you know, Lancashire that, that that chance they needed to to win the game and um Hamid, another one, another England prospect, had a couple of chances. Um, he kept knots in the game at the well. He kept, obviously, kept him in the game at the start because knots at the top of the order really look as though they're they've had a little bit of a challenge. And Ducker two low scores, but I seen his, his dismissal in the second innings. No foot movement, trying to late cut a ball, playing the, this new modern England way um, on sticky dogs, which is probably not the best best shot to play. But hey, if you're going to practice for but what you're going to come up against in the, further down the line, then I've got no problem with that. But you do have to suffer the consequences if you play on a surface, which is going to do a little bit. I can think of 375 more important issues in cricket than this. But I think it was Tom Hartley who bowled a no ball with the last yes. ball of the game, not to a nine down. <laughs> and and I just wonder what you think about a potential law change, which would give the number 11 the right to refuse to face the reballed final ball of the match. <laughs> yes, I would. And I tell you what, as a number, speaking as a number 11, there's many times I have faced, especially a fast bowler, once or twice, Lee McG- uh, Lee and, and Akhtar, and you're going, he bowled a no ball. And you're looking at the umpire going, I'm not bothered. I don't want it. I really don't want them two runs or them one runs. They're not going on my name. I don't want to face this guy anymore. I really don't want the extra ball. Now, I'm sure Ollie Stone and Stuart Broad, 
there was a little sort of sigh as to go, oh no, we don't really need this. We're going to shake hands because um, I'm sure Stuart Broad had his helmet off and his gloves off at the time. But yes, I agree. I think there should be a law change, and the batsman being uh, you know, the batter being able to say, I do not want the extra delivery. It won't happen many times, and I can't see it happening in a one-day game or over the white ball. But there are other occasions with a red ball that you go, give me the runs, but. I don't really want the seventh ball of the over. <laughs> You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Durham Hall of Famer, Steve Harmison. A reminder, we continue to bring you live commentaries from the IPL here on Talksport 2 with our coverage taking place every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday afternoon. OK, just uh, the final county match that uh, we didn't... Uh, Mench, haven't mentioned so far, Harmy. Surrey scrapping for a draw. The defending champions getting the hands dirty against Essex. And uh, they probably would have lost that um, if uh, Rain hadn't intervened. Will Jacks made his uh, his return. But uh, it was sort of royalty getting getting down on their hands and knees and uh, having to do some hard scrubbing. Yeah, they, would, <clears throat> yeah, they did, some, did some hard scrubbing in the, in the, the week of the coronation. The, the the Kings County the the Brown Hatters they were they were on the they were chasing the tail a little bit they did look as though and to be fair though Manners I think that what we have when he had one result all week there would have been some very very good good finishes to a lot of the games if we didn't have the rain we had this last week but I think from a Surrey's point of view I'm not sure they would have come out on a positive result good to see Sibley getting a start um, 48 Pope 47 in the second innings um, but Jamie Porter again showed his class he's this kid's got uh, he's got skills at the top of the from from a Essex bowling point of view um and I think Essex if they if they did have the time they would have they would have won the game if it hadn't have been for the for the rain so I think Surrey have, have dodged one there they're still top of the league um only just ahead of um ahead of Warwickshire um but they'll be thankful for the rain this week all right, moving on to uh, one of England cricket's greats, Catherine Siverbrunt retiring from international cricket at the age of 37 with 335 international wickets, um, including an average of less than 20 in T20 cricket. She had a chat uh, a little while ago with our very own Scott Taylor. You're almost wanting people to, to prove to people that I'm still as good as I always used to be. And because I don't want to go out being, you know, not being able to run very well or getting injured more or bowling 10 mile an hour slower or you know what I mean and I don't want to be somebody that finishes because they just need to finish it's more I finished because I've had a great career and I choose to stop now so I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm slowing down or I've I'm looking at it in a more relaxed way I thought I would but I'm certainly not that was Catherine Siverbrunt talking uh, to our producer Scott Taylor uh, one of the greats of the game, Harmy. Um, yeah, and uh, life after cricket, I'm not sure that she'll struggle to get uh, a place. I mean, you wouldn't take anything for granted, but um, I'm sure there'll be a few teams very keen to get her wisdom Absolutely, on board. Absolutely, definitely. Yes, one of the great, if not the great of, of English when it comes to, because it's bowlers don't sort of get talked about as being fashionable, as, as one of the greats. It tends to be a batter that's talked about as the great, you know, section and things like that. But I think of the women's game I think she's been absolutely magnificent 335 international wickets is it all for for an international career which has lasted a hell of a long time and somebody who I would imagine yes I think you're right the knowledge that Catherine's got I'm sure she'll not struggle getting employment whether it's in front of a microphone or talking to um, a group of players 
trying to make them better because for me, she's got to go down as one of the greatest that England have ever produced. Certainly is. And Ireland have named their squad for the one-off test match at Lords um, at the beginning of June, almost at full strength with Paul Sterling coming back into the squad, having originally said that he would miss Ireland's red ball cricket. But Josh Little, their bowling spearhead, is being rested. That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. He's only played a few games for the Gujarat Titans. He's played one out of 23 international days of cricket for Ireland, who, after all, invested heavily in him in the, <laughs> you know, from a very early age, from the age of, sort of 15, I think he's been involved mm. with the Irish national team. And now you come to this one-off test match. You asked him, remember we had him on the show a couple yeah. of months ago. You said, what are you most looking forward to, the IPL or the Lord's test match? And he couldn't, he couldn't split them. He yeah. said, you know, they're both equal. I'm equally excited. And now he's being rested. What's I going on? don't understand that. I really don't. I'd love to know who's made that decision. Has Josh had anything to do with that decision? It sounds like no. What Ireland cricket, Irish cricket, what are you doing? You've got the, your showcase to tell the ICC, bring test matches to you know, our area. We want to play more test matches. And your, your flagship player, the player that's playing in the IPL, and he's he's not picked not by his doing, not by injury and not by anything, you know, outside influences, i.e. Gujarat saying, no, no, we don't want to play, you know, red ball cricket because we've got them for next year. It just seems as though the Irish cricket has pulled them out and that doesn't make sense whatsoever because we've talked to a lot of emerging nation players, man, as over the course of the last two years when we've had the, you know, the Netherlands series, we've had a lot of Irish cricket and we talked to the players who have, or in county cricket from the emerging nations and we're saying to them, look, your message to the ICC is to when teams come and play England, come to us first and play warm-up games. Give us the experience. Give us the exposure. And we'll put a good contest on against a strong side. And England are going to play Ireland without their best bowler. It just does. It really doesn't make sense. I just can't understand the, the logic in that because if you're trying to get more international cricket... You'd want your international, your best international players playing. So I'd love to know who's made that decision. We shall find out and we will let you know, listeners, uh, I hope, anyway. Um, now then, we don't give the IPL a great deal of coverage on this show because there's no lack of coverage of the IPL. If you want IPL coverage, the, there's lots and lots of other shows to choose from. But we will mention the fact that Joe Root's been sitting on his backside for <laughs> for, for five weeks. And just when you're thinking... Come home, Joe, and play a couple of games for Yorkshire. Come on, just just come back. Forget it, you know. Um, then he, he finally gets picked for the Rajasthan Royals. Joss Butler makes 90, he doesn't get a bat. <laughs> That's a, bizarre. Anyway, so Joe Root is involved. He makes his debut for the Rajasthan Royals and gets the uh, TFC award. Thanks for coming. And Harry Brook, what an extraordinary tournament he's had. It's sort of um, a whole string of uh, single-figure scores, uh, a mighty 100 or 55 balls, more single-figure scores, and now he gets dropped. Yeah, he doesn't play after getting that, that 100. And uh, I think Harry Brook, has, he's had a, he's had a, a real tough, tough challenge in, in India. Um, and I think possibly mentally it's, it's maybe catching up with him, which is it's not a bad thing that he's been taken out of the firing line. I mean, you've got to remember, he's come into international cricket with an absolute bang, being arguably the best player in international cricket around the world for for sort of six months, um, and 
possibly it's just mentally it's just caught up with him in making decision decision makings under pressures has just gone against him a little bit so yeah, for me I, I look at this the way the IPL's gone and I don't think it could have gone any better for England to be honest Archer's played a little bit and looks as though he's bowling 95 mile an hour which I'm quite encouraged at Mark Wood played at the start of the tournament Bowl quickly, got few wickets. He's now having a bit of a rest, and he's going to come back. Joe Root's now going to have some a little bit of cricket after having some boots up time um, and being around all that high pressure. You know, being around the, what the IPL is and what he wanted to go for. Ben Stokes is not playing perfect. I'm not that bothered about Ben Stokes playing for CSK when England going to be playing soon. And you know, Harry Brooks had a sample of it. And he's now he's now going to have some time waiting on the sideline, probably, you know, honing his game and getting himself ready for for what coming home for the for the rest of the summer. And, and little another little side from that is Sam Sam Curran had some exposure at captain and an IPL side. So for me, it's great from the Ashes point of view because all our players are actually playing a little bit, but not being flogged, and they're doing a good job and. You know, one of our best one-day prospects has had some time thinking about the game, captaining uh, an IPL franchise. So from that point of view, and Josh Butler's getting runs, which we knew he was always going to because he's the best white ball player in the world. So for me, from an English point of view, I'm over the moon. OK, just a couple more um, points to talk about. Get back to Durham. Ajaz Patel, the um, Black Caps left-arm spinner, mm. has uh, replaced um, Matt Kuhneman, who was... Um, it made a fabulous start, um, but now has this back injury. Ajaz Patel, of course, for those of you who uh, forgot, took all 10 wickets in a test match in Mumbai against uh, India last uh, season, but then didn't make it into the squad for New Zealand's next series. He's one of those spinners, like many spinners, I suppose, finger spinners especially, who thrives on a lot of work. You know, he needs to bowl a lot of overs. And I think he bowled 40-odd for his for his tenfer in, in that test match. But, yeah, like-for-like like replacement. Good yeah. signing, seems to me. Yeah, good signing. It is a good signing. I think Durham needed a spinner. There's a lot of rumours whether Marcus North trying to get Matt Parkinson, a little bit similar to uh, Ollie Robinson last year, where you got him on loan with a view to to get him at the start of you know, at the end of the season. And that, that might still happen, I'm not so sure, because... Parkinson's contract is is running down. I think he's got a year left on it, but I'm sure people can get out of contracts now if both parties agree. Um, but it is a good sign. It's an international spinner coming to to Durham. He does need to bowl overs, and I'm sure he'll get them because Durham wickets aren't like the corrugated ones of old. They have been they've been quite flat recently. So a spinner is required for Durham, and that just balance out our you know I keep saying our the quick bowlers that Durham have got. So I think if Parkinson goes back to Lancashire, which it looks as though he, he's, he has done. Durham need reinforcements, and I think it's a very, very good signing by Marcus North and Durham. And uh, penultimately, the Australians have opted to play no practice matches before the World Test Championship final, and uh, in course the Ashes as well. In fact, they won't play a single tour match outside of those six test matches. Touring will never be the same again. Now, I did ask you how many warm-up games you thought, or, well, first-class games, actually, 1948 Invincibles, Don Bradman's team played, and you said, I don't know, three or four? <laughs> the answer was 12. <laughs> but they played 12 first-class games before yeah, but the they did come by match. boat, manners. They did come by boat. You've got to, get your, you've got to, get, you've got to make sure you maximise your time in the country. 
Uh, but seriously, um, Darren Lehman said that it's a mistake. Um, he said that he thought they should definitely have played a warm-up game. But instead, the modern way is um, they're all going to gather together, those flying from Australia, some from the IPL, those playing county cricket. They will all gather for golf and team building, quotes, mm. for golf and team building in Liverpool before assembling five days in before the World Test Championship final in London, where they will have match simulation practice. It's the new world. It is the new world. I must admit, I'm I'm still old school. I'm not sure I'd fancy playing 12 first-class matches, but I think <laughs> the couple that we used to play were, were definitely worthwhile. You look at the Australian side, a lot of them are, are, are playing. You look at Kawaja and, and, and Warner, experienced players. Warner's having a game in, in the IPL. Labashian's playing here with Smith. <clears throat> Head knows English conditions. Cameron Green's playing. Pat Cummins... There's not luck can go wrong with that bowling action. It's a it's a strong action. The only one that would concern me a little bit, and I had this throughout my career, was I needed to bowl a few overs to get myself in more rhythm than probably a Matthew Hoggard did or a Simon Jones did or an Andrew Flintoff did. So finding that, and that would be something like Mitchell Stark, who had a struggle here last time. He only played in one match, and I think he's, he's a phenomenal bowler, is Mitchell Stark. And if you don't start well in a... In a in an Ashes series, um, i.e. 2006, then you're always chasing your tail. And that's, that happened to me, and that was largely down to my preparation going into that series. So he's the only one I'd be concerned about out of that group because Hazelwood hasn't been playing in the IPL, but he's been bowling a lot of overs. So I don't know don't know what Big Mitchell's been doing in Brisbane or in New South Wales, but he would be the only one from it. Because it's the bowlers that need to run out rather than the batters what they're going to do in Liverpool they're going to play golf there's only one golf you know, well, there's not there's more than one big golf course in Liverpool but the Open's on this year so I'm not sure they'll be getting free run of the uh, of Hoylake because it's not far from the British Open so look it is the modern way it's not my idea of how I would want things to do I'd want me bowlers to be taking wickets but if um, if this is the way they're going then if they're going to follow England that way be interesting to see if they follow England in their tactics throughout the te- throughout the uh, the Ashes series as well. And finally, Harmy, let's finish with a, a sort of a public service announcement um, by wishing uh, the, all the very best to Sam Billings, who revealed today <clears> that he had two operations to remove skin cancer last winter. And you know, it's a game we all love, but it's played outdoors. And I know that the sun doesn't shine very much where you are, but uh, you know it does mostly. Um, and just take care. Of, and encourage youngsters to take care. And uh, good on Sam Billings for, you know, being so public about it in the Telegraph. Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, wish Sam well. He's a, he's a great kid, Sam Billings. And, you know, he, he travelled 900 miles to cheap wicket for England. He's just a good team person. You can see why England had him around. He is a fantastic young cricketer. He's not a young cricketer anymore. We keep saying he's a young cricketer. He's took some responsibility down at Kent because with the captaincy. Um, which is it's, it's having a bit of a tough time at this minute in time, but you know to come out with what, what he said this week, it's a, it's a real message to everybody who plays cricket because it is a summer sport, and we might feel as though this country is cold, but that sun is dangerous. So, especially get used to youngsters, you know, eleven, ten, eleven, twelve year old, you know, putting the socks on, putting the putting the whites on, putting their boots on, and put sun cream on. It might not be. The sun might not be out, but at some point throughout that, that two-hour period that your child or the youngster is going to be on the pitch, the sun might come out and it just takes five or six minutes to take a real damage. So make sure that they are fully covered in sun cream.
Absolutely. You can still get sunburn, even if you can't see the sun. Okay, you've been listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And if you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can always download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever else you get your podcasts. We'll be back at the same time next week to look back at uh, the week's biggest stories. But for now, this has been another edition of The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.